0: And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Crossman. I'm absolutely enthusiastic about our topic today because this affects all of us. It's uh, zero fatalities. Now, maybe you've been hearing about the big goal that we have to actually be safer on the road and save lives, but I'm going to bring you greater detail because joining us in studio today is Kristen Hoschauer. She's the Safety Outreach Administrator with the Utah Department of Transportation over zero fatalities. Kristen, thank you for thank joining you. us. Did I pronounce your last name Okay. Yes, you did. Good. You. There's score one for that. <laughs> also joining us in studio with zero fatalities is Steve Wright. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, is this too lofty of a goal for us? Zero fatalities? Can we in general talk about that? Let's, Because every life to me is important. Right. Exactly. You mm-hmm. have it
2: exactly right. You know, a lot of people say that is just, that's a crazy goal. There's no way that you can get to zero and I mean, if you think about it, it's like, yeah, that just sounds like so hard. But when you look at it, you go, you know, how many people are okay if they die in your in, in the city that you live in? And you're like, I don't know how many, you know, whatever. And like, how many are okay to die in your neighborhood? And you're like, oh, that does not sound good. Brings and then it ask, closer to home. Right? Yeah. And then they ask him how many people are okay to die in your family? And they always like zero, absolutely zero. And you're like... That is the only goal that we can have is zero.
0: I appreciate that because it's just past week there were news stories that would hit. And sometimes we think a couple of cars, people in the cars, and we make it generic. But that makes us pause and realize that those are somebody's neighbors, somebody's family members, And so we put the brakes on and we recognize and respect that their lives are every bit as important as our family lives. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about zero fatalities. We've been, uh, how long have we had the goal to have zero fatalities here in the state of Utah? A number of years?
2: It's been around for eight, eight years. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so we've just been trying for the past eight years to really get it to go down. And actually, we have seen, uh, our fatalities go down, and actually the the biggest change we've seen is our fatality rate. when you compare the v- vehicle miles traveled in the state of Utah with the number of fatalities that we've had, the rate is just dropping and dropping every year, and we're at the lowest rate we've been in since gosh since two thousand. 10 or so. Well, which is a wonderful thing right. to hear. So you see our population is growing but we're actually seeing fewer fatalities every year.
0: Now at one point someone was saying one of the reasons they thought fatalities were going down is the message about buckling up was finally filtering not just to buckle up your children but to buckle up adults too. So let's talk big picture. Zero fatalities What are is our messaging to make this happen? I mean you've already made a big impact but what are the things that we do as a state? What are the things we do as drivers to make zero fatalities a reality.
1: Rebecca, one of the things I like that Kristen shared is that it's not okay that anybody pass away on Utah roadways. And attaining that goal means we all need to adopt small little changes in our behaviors while we're driving. And it's simple things. They're not complicated. Put down your phone. Stop looking for music stations on your digital device. You know, pay attention to where you're driving. You know, they there's simple little things that we can do, slow down, buckle up, that we hear every single day. But it's us making that personal commitment to say, I'm going to do these things. And I'm going to do them today. I'm not going to wait on this. This is something I'm going to adopt and change my behavior. And I'm one person. But if everybody does it, we can save so many lives on Utah roadways.
0: Sometimes I wonder, and, and maybe you have access to background information that I don't have. I often wonder if cars have become so advanced- that we feel more like we're in an entertainment room rather than the jal- the jalopy I drove, you know, back in the 1970s that, you, you know, you started that baby. If you're lucky, if it ran, you, you know, you dropped it off. So are we seeing that? And is that part of the concern we've had for safety?
2: I, I think back when everyone was driving a stick or they actually had a, a more difficult vehicle to drive, we really focused. You had to focus to drive. But I feel like now it is. It is. A lot easier to drive. We have automatic, we have power steering, we have so many different features that make it easier for us to do other things while we drive. Mm-hmm. So we feel like we can multitask because driving is so easy now. I can now play with my phone or eat a burger or whatever because it is... Or play with my phone and eat a burger. Exactly. And it happens. And, you know, so yes, driving is easier, but we still have to focus. You know, one thing we talk a lot about is that... um this is probably the most dangerous thing any person in Utah can do in, e- in a day. I know some people have more dangerous jobs, but most most of us have pretty, you know, tame jobs that we do. And But when we get behind a wheel, that's the most dangerous thing we're doing all day long. And so we need to give it the attention that it deserves. We need to actually focus and take away the distractions put on our seatbelt because, you know, anything can happen. I'm glad you reframed it that way. Because we go from just, this is the, the means that I use to go from
0: point A to point B to recognizing that we're driving something that weighs thousands of pounds, that doesn't stop readily, quickly. Go ahead, Steve.
1: So I have to tell you a story. Yeah, please do. I had a coworker the other day shopping for a car. Goes into the dealership and the sales point was this car can literally drive itself. It has all these safety features that make it so much easier to drive that you don't even have to drive it. Now, the thing I think we need to be really crystal clear on is the technology is not there yet. These are driver's assists. These are technologies that help us in some of our safety features, but they're not driving for us. And it still requires us as drivers to pay active attention in order to keep that car and the people around us safe while we travel down the freeway.
0: And, and it's true. The last couple of years, you're seeing cars develop with those lane monitor warnings. So if you're drifting a little, beep, 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 you're getting ready to change lanes. It'll signal if there's somebody in the blind spot for you, little flashes. And instead of uh, that adding to our abilities to drive safely, we could be tempted to back off thinking we're covered. And so it's think of it more in reverse. You've got more safety in your hands rather than... Uh, more lax attitudes. Go ahead.
2: No, it's, it's really true what Steve was saying. Um, I, I think some people feel like we actually have autonomous vehicles now. This, this car can do this amazing thing, but there aren't any autonomous, fully autonomous or fully driver, self-driving vehicles on the road yet. And so we still need to be really attentive when we drive. And it's interesting
0: and, because when I hear stories about the development of self-driving cars as an individual, that worries me. The idea that there'd be something that weighs thousands of pounds reeling down the road without a person behind. And yet, do I think about a distracted driver with that same amount of anxiety and fear, right? Right. That's very, very interesting. Throughout the year in 2019, there have been periodic zero fatalities days. Let's talk about the goal of those days and how that helps us with the overall goal for zero fatalities.
2: Okay. So we've done a little bit of research and we've looked at past years um, where we've seen multiple fatalities or at least one fatality for multiple years. So on, for example, February 14th, Valentine's Day, we saw four years of a fatality happening um, that day for four years. Mm. So we actually did um, a media availability event. We had um, lots of social media on that day just so we could focus on the um, Getting it to be a zero fatalities day, and actually, we're happy to say that this Valentine's Day we had a zero fatalities day.
0: Isn't that terrific? And so. I want to say that as I was driving on the road, I also saw a sign up above mm-hmm. reminding us, and and those little visual cues helped. Subtle it, little right? reminder. It's a little subtle
1: reminder, mm-hmm. and, and that you know what they help to sustain a message that we're trying to convey that it's these skills that we adopt. And they were reminded to actually employ every single day and in order to stay safe. And so I'm actually glad that you you've seen those because there's a whole series of messages that we use that we target specific days and certain behaviors and in order to remind Utahns that these are issues we all have to deal with in order to be safer on Utah roadways.
0: No, I don't want to have to unveil a secret, but you know, different teams have mascots and there's somebody inside. Is there someone in this room that might be behind some of the interesting language we see on the signs that maybe the force be with you or whatever it may be or shall we just not describe that? But those are really witty those really punny Let, let's reminders. Let's
1: Rebecca, those are very, very interesting meetings to sit in as we discuss what messages to share and how to go about sharing them. Uh, Some of our favorites probably end up on the cutting room floor, right?
0: But some of the some of the best ones, though, if I am in the passenger seat, I'll pull up my phone, snap it, share it back up on our FM one hundred point three Facebook page, and they get people actually love that that idea of that a reminder, a little bit of a smile as they're driving home. You mentioned a number of different um, behaviors that we could change to be in line. And be safer, I know that on march twenty eighth for example, um throughout the day, I was sharing different things, and it made me think as a driver, so one of the things was put the phone down right um, Do we know how our Utah roads are when it comes to
2: people utilizing their phones? Do we know how common it is so This is a really hard one to look to to capture because it's very underreported when when some, it's hard to find sure. find people um, who are distracted and to pull them over. It's it's just it's a tricky one. People don't want to admit to it, either. and if they right. get in a crash, they're not going to admit that they actually were using their phone. Um, but we do know from other research and some observational studies from other states that about seventy percent of crashes, attributing factor of those, is distracted driving or using your phone. Seventy so,
0: percent, yeah. That is stunning, especially when I think uh, one of the stats that we shared on Zero Fatalities Day was that 94% of crashes were avoidable. Right. So if 70% of them are coming from distracted, mm-hmm. that's on us.
2: Yeah, and like you said, 94% of crashes are human error. Nothing related to weather, nothing related to road roadways the way they're designed. It's all just human error. Mm. So this is what we're really trying to focus on is because it is 94%, we want to educate the public. On the five deadly behaviors, or any of the other any other way to get them to let 's talk about safely. that then
0: maybe I named one was that one of the deadly behaviors yeah. having your phone and by the way, one of the things i've said before is if you want to take the phone out of temptation, put it in your backpack, put it in your purse, zip it up don't even have it nearby where you can see it because otherwise the instinct we've become and i 'll use the term addicted to to responding immediately to to messages that are coming to us.
1: One of the challenges we're giving um, maybe just your viewers and all of Utah mm-hmm. is that use that glove box as a phone box. Put your phone in there. Put it away so it's no longer distracting because if it sits next to you and it buzzes and it beeps or it rings, it's going to take your attention off the road. If you answer it or you don't answer it, it's still going to take your attention away. So just eliminate that distraction from why you're driving.
0: And, and rather than thinking of it as a bad or reckless, think of it as a deadly behavior checking your phone, looking at your phone, utilizing that. And now they're not just phones, are they? They're computers or handheld computers. So we're doing a lot more with those as well. So that's one of the behaviors, lock it up and that glove box. Well, and a reminder,
1: Mm -hmm. I guess, to everybody out there, they may be committed that I'm not going to text while driving, but there's Pandora, there's Spotify, there's GPS mapping. There are all different types of
2: Distraction like Shopping. distraction mm-hmm. Shopping. Yeah, that we,
1: we dip into for our phones. And just because you're committed not to text and drive doesn't mean you're not going to manipulate your phone while your vehicle is moving. And that's, that's the law. That's where we need to put our phones down and focus on the task at hand.
0: It's interesting. The other day I was uh, in another city and I rented a car and it had a limiter on that. You were not able to access GPS through your phone while you were driving. Wow, and and I thought that wow, that right there, closed that door immediately, and there was a sign on it, and it'll you know we're going to make sure that it's deactivated while you're behind the wheel when you're driving our car, and I thought wow, that's something very very powerful. For those who've just joined us, we are talking about saving lives. And small behaviors that are deadly behaviors, that if we educate ourselves, educate our neighbors, talk to our children about it, our coworkers, we will save lives. It's the message of Zero Fatalities. Joining me in studio today, Steve Wright. He's with Zero Fatalities. Also, Kristen Hoshauer. She is the Safety Outreach Administrator with the Utah Department of Transportation. You might refer to it as UDOT. Can we say approximately how many fatalities we had, for example, last year? We and two, I don't even want to use the term fatalities.
2: How many people passed away last had, year? Go ahead. We had 261 fatalities. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we have around that many last, the year before we had 274. So it's usually around that amount
0: every year. Isn't that stunning? Yeah. That to have an average mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. We identified one of the deadly behaviors having your phone out, interacting with your phone, whether it's using it as a computer or using it for GPS, either way. What's another deadly behavior that we need to know that we can make an immediate
2: change to, to drive more safely? So another one is aggressive driving. And we're really focusing on that one too, with speed, speeding falls into aggressive driving. It's not just weaving in and out of traffic or trying to beat someone somewhere. Speeding is included in that. There's impaired driving. So of course. Um, alcohol, but a lot of things, one thing we're really working on right now is educating people that it's not just alcohol that can be impaired. It's sometimes the prescription drugs that people are taking. They need to read the bottles and make sure they're following the instructions on their bottles. If it says do not drive while well, under the influence of this, of this prescription. Don't drive. Chances are it's going to limit your cognitive
0: abilities, mm-hmm. limit your muscle response. Exactly. Everything from Benadryl yep. to muscle relaxants to opioids. There's all kinds of, mm-hmm. uh, of medications. Even when I take a, a little pill at night, a hormone, it mm-hmm. says, hey, babe, don't get behind the wheel right. when right. you're taking that pill. And so yeah. that is very important for us to, um, to understand. So thank you with that. Aggressive driving. I want to go back to that. Yeah. So how do we stop that?
2: Well, I think we all need to be a little bit calmer. I don't know, like relaxing a little bit more, get our foot, out, our lead foot off, off the, off the pedal and, and really just like we said, drive focus, more focused. Just try to stay um, at the speed limit or below. Um, the roads are actually designed for the speed limit that is posted. So if you're going over it, there's no guarantee that you'll be able to make that turn, or that you'll be able to do certain. So if things. somebody's
0: going 65 miles an hour and mm-hmm. you're angry about mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. then check yourself. Right. Or right. if they're going 75 miles an hour, or if they're going 30, whatever okay. the posted speed limit is, it's you who needs to
2: check your right. Expectations. And if someone cuts you off, mm-hmm. don't get angry about it. Just calm down and be like, you know, maybe they needed to get somewhere faster, and I don't. And to just you know, stay calm. One because
1: are the lives tips, are in. One of the tips I liked with uh, aggressive driving is plan ahead. Right, you know, That's I watch Uton's and we hit the roadway because we're late for something. We're in a hurry to get somewhere, and because of that, we adopt aggressive behaviors. We drive a little faster, a little more reckless. We cut a few more people off. We maybe roll through a couple of stop signs because we're late for something. So, as simple as it sounds, planning ahead will help us to eliminate aggressive driving.
0: Giving yourself more of a travel cushion so you're not running out the door already. stressed. One of the other points that comes with zero fatalities that we shared on air um, was about imagining that the other people on the road around you were actually your family and friends. And I've had that mm-hmm. conversation That's with my husband before because I've said, when he'll, he'll say, why did that person do that? And I'll say, that person might be just like me, hun, that just got distracted in her thoughts or his thoughts and didn't you know speed up as quickly as you would actually have expected mm-hmm. so i said it's not nefarious often it, people have a lot of things going on and they might not drive exactly as you do so right. but i like that people if would you drive that way would you be that aggressive would you be cutting them off would you if be upset if family. they were your family and friends Just
2: imagine it's your grandma would you do that to your grandma you know yeah that's always
0: you, you the give gra- her
1: enough space yeah. let her space.
0: that's the grandma yeah. test yeah. that's the pretty great test. And I know we're tr- working very, very hard. And I have uh, periodically Mothers Against Drunk Driving in as we talk about the goal—the goal to reduce impaired driving, whether we're talking about coming from substances or alcohol, whatever it may be—and and that that is something that I believe the message is getting through more so than when I was a child about the danger of driving under the influence. What's another deadly behavior that you're at- asking us to pay attention One to? One of
1: the other core focus ones is drowsy driving. You know, how far we push it, you know, when we're exhausted and still behind the wheel as we lose focus, you know, and there's these age old treatments that we self employ that I rolled on the window, you know, I drink a little bit of caffeine, I turn the radio up, but none of these are real answers in order to increase our attention to while we're driving, you know, rather you just pull over, just pull over, take a nap, take a, take a break before you get back on the roads.
0: Think of it as an old wives' tale, that rolling down the window, turning up things loud, that's not going to work. Give yourself to sleep. I don't have the research in front of me, but my understanding is driving drowsy, is at, we are as impaired as if we were driving under the influence, Steve.
1: Being awake for 18 hours is similar to having a blood alcohol level of 0.08. I mean, so right there, it mean it's as dangerous as impaired if we push ourselves while we're drowsy behind the, behind the, behind the car.
0: So it's safer for us to take the exit, whether or not there's a rest area, park in a parking lot, give ourselves that 30-minute break, then exactly. then get back up again. Okay, You'll, You could be saving your own life, Absolutely. your children's lives, friends' lives in the car. Sometimes those are some of the most painful news stories for me. Often it appears that drivers are somewhat more protected, and they're driving people they love in the car, and the accident occurs, and the driver is okay, and their beloved passengers aren't. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like drowsy driving is something that we all struggle with. I mean... I know we don't all struggle with maybe impaired driving, but I feel like everyone has a story about drowsy driving.
0: Absolutely. If we're honest, we have many stories when we're drowsy driving, especially because we do have this long north and south interstate that allows Mm -hmm. us to connect all the way from Canada down to Mexico. So there's a lot of roadway that we we have a few minutes together. Let's also focus on another deadly behavior that
2: we should be, curb, And the last one Mm -hmm. is always wearing your seatbelt or not wearing your seatbelt would be the deadly behavior. Mm -hmm. So this is one that, you know, half of our fatalities are driving fatalities every year are because people aren't buckling up. So, you know, it's, it's really important that we just really encourage people in our lives to buckle up. And, you know, a big campaign we had a few years ago was that tell your loved one to buckle up because we found that, us telling people, just buckle up, just do it. They're not listening. They're, okay, well, I don't want the government to tell me to buckle up. You know, but if we told them, we told their girlfriends, we told their kids to tell them to buckle up. And when their kids and when their girlfriend or their wife or their mother told them or, your, or their husband told them to buckle up, they would do it. Because it, what are you going to say to your kid who's in, in the backseat? No, I'm not going to buckle up, you know? That's the emotional uh, memory.
0: I, mm-hmm. I can have, I have memories of being in the driveway. Buckling up my little ones, car seats, booster seats, and getting in my car seat or my driver's seat and hearing a little voice in the back going, don't forget your your seatbelt, mom. Mm -hmm. And then you pause. It'll make me a little teary-eyed. Put that latch on because they love you. Right, Pardon me for the tears on that. But it is a serious issue. And a lot of people say, I don't want to put the seatbelt on because it's not comfortable. I know that in the years past, in the rural areas, those who were typically driving out in the agricultural roadways, they felt a little bit. But we actually had higher risks of serious crashes and injury in those areas as well.
1: We we know that being in buckles. In a crash, increases the risk of injury or death to other passengers by 40%. I mean, I've seen some videos lately in some of our parent night presentations that if you're not buckled up, you become a projectile in your vehicle to all those who are also in the car with you. I mean, so simply taking, what, two seconds and putting your seatbelt on, not only did you protect your life. But you protected the life of all those in the vehicle with you.
0: I think some of those powerful images of the crash dummies uh, show that. That sense that people's bodies, small and large, are launched just because of the law of physics. Launched out from their location and forward and future damage occurs on that. I appreciate that. What else do we have?
1: One of the challenges we've actually given, and there's a campaign running right now, and Mm -hmm. we're encouraging, and this goes along with what Kristen shared, we're encouraging kids to help us keep an eye on their parents by putting their seatbelts on. And we've actually told them that if they catch their parents not wearing their seatbelts, their parents owe them a dollar.
0: (laughs) Money talks. Money talks. Out of the mouth of babes.
1: And if you can't afford it? Put your seatbelt on. And
0: these are the zero fatality campaigns or assemblies that are being held at schools across the state of Utah.
1: There are nearly 1,300 in-school presentations delivered by zero fatalities outreach administrators. Um, Chances are they're coming to a school near you. Uh, You can go to zerofatalities.com and there's a whole schedule if you want to take your teenager out to one of these events to learn more about some of the behaviors they need to adopt as they become drivers on Utah roadways.
0: Isn't that beautiful, especially when you look at the number and say, last year, over 200 people that we love, that are our neighbors, our family members, passed away on the roadways. We No, can, a warning, though. These, right? these nights, they're mm-hmm. not just for your
1: teenagers. They they're for, for the adults,
0: parents, the grownups well. to come in, too. Absolutely. But to give that message of love. I love you. I, I know you love your friends. Let's do this together. Let's have the goal for zero fatalities. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I, Part of these diets too is we understand that parents are the number one influence in their kids' lives. And so by allowing them to become – uh, ambassadors of this message, and they understand it as, as well as we do, that it becomes a, a repetition in their homes, that they become committed to keeping their kids safe by checking in and ensuring that the kids are following these laws and mandates. And my favorite thing I heard from a, from a Utah daddy is he said, the state may be able to give you a license, but I'm the one who gives you permission to use it. Mm. And I thought, man, that that's it right there. And
0: that's, that's a powerful that's message that we've been hearing over the airwaves, is that Contrary to what you may be thinking, your kids are listening, and they are guided by what you say and what you do. So the influence is there for us as parents to be ambassadors. I'm really glad you shared that. Steve Wright with Zero Fatalities, Kristen Hoshauer, the Safety Outreach Administrator with the Utah Department of Transportation. Steve mentioned the webpage, but if we want to go back and review some of the things that we talked about and become um, ambassadors – to these goals, what website should we be going to?
2: So we would just go to zerofatalities.com and you can go on there and look at all the different programs that we have. And um, so there's statistics on there if you want to do some research of your own. And, and ideas on simple behaviors yes, we can change. Exactly. How we can become safer drivers and passengers and safer pedestrians, um, cyclists, better so for motorcycle riders, stuff like that. There's a whole nother conversation yeah, on right. cyclists and motorcycles. Exactly. So we'll
0: have to have you come back on that one. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank, Thank you, you for listening and tuning in as we discuss a very realistic goal of zero fatalities in Utah. Again, more information and details are online at zerofatalities.com.